0: Welcome back to another episode of Church of the Geek. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight. Sam, how are you doing on this uh, holiday weekend?
1: July the 5th. We are doing well here in our home. We are uh, rapidly tearing stuff down in our second floor because we are getting new carpet installed tomorrow. And so um, we're just kind of going crazy in my son's room trying to get his bunk bed, which is... Um, as I said before, a masterpiece of engineering. Trying to get that yeah. thing taken apart.
0: Have um, you have you used the 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 finesse tools like sledgehammer or sawzall?
1: We've used bare fists. Oh, so, okay. Which is in keeping with you know the barbarian side of things. So,
0: <laughs> true. Good, bare, good, good, good.
1: Bare fists and Allen wrenches.
0: Sounds like so much fun. It is not at. All
1: oh. glad when it's over. And how about you? Yeah.
0: Doing good, doing good, trying not to melt. Uh, just came back from a week long scout camp in the mountains, which was much cooler. Mm. I left, I left 80 degree days and came into 90 degree days, and that's unpleasant. Yes, so
1: everything is hot and very
0: brown here. It is, yes. Indian. My grass has not grown one bit since I left because it's brown. Now I'm used to that in August. I'm not used to that now in July. Yes. So, all right. Hey, Sam, here's a question. Have you ever done something or read something, watched something that you liked so much that you wanted to add to that story? You wanted to keep going?
1: Oh yes. I think that would be, um, something like probably Firefly. I really <laughs> enjoyed watching Firefly and I could really, um, you know, write myself into that story. And I remember as a kid, because I was always into X-Men comics, you know, mm-hmm. imagining my own stories. And then of course when you have your little Star Wars figures, you not only play out the scenes from Star Wars, you make your own little movies and so on mm-hmm. with Star mm-hmm. Wars and um go and go and do do stuff like that. So and you
0: um Yeah, that's interesting. I I've, I've never had the notion to continue writing stuff or having my own stories made up unless you count like playing with uh star wars figures or gi making that up but i my brain never went there um which i find really fascinating uh i thought about what it would be like to be one of the characters right but i never sort of thought about oh this is a cool story side of it like for some reason my brain didn't work that way it didn't it didn't go into that mode of like oh boy this would be cool if they did this and we could do that and there's this you know but i dig it when i see it you know mm-hmm. um uh it's pretty interesting and so cuz that's what we're doing tonight um we're talking a little bit about fan fiction because we have with us two creators um gilly deltres and uh ronald Christian, who are both involved in um Darth Krell Cometh, and uh, Ronald Christian is the creator of Paragon Prime, uh, the world's greatest and truest superhero, coming soon to Indiegogo, and uh, Gilly Deltrez uh, is uh, another co-writer on this, has... um, Oh, I've already forgotten it. So why don't I just let them introduce themselves? Uh, <laughs> Ronald and Gilly, welcome. Uh, I'm so sorry. Hey, my going? brain my brain went like I'm on the wrong page on my on my <laughs> notes, and I can't find it. I'm so sorry, you know but much, welcome.
2: You know much more about yourselves than we know about
1: you. Yeah, yeah. please tell us who
0: you are and what you're doing.
2: Hey, th- first of all, thanks for having us. Gilly Deltrez here. And I think uh, what you wanted to say was Galactic Rodents of Mayhem. Wow. That was it.
3: That was it. <laughs>
2: Which is my '90s uh, Saturday morning cartoon anthropomorphic love letter um, featuring space capybaras. Uh, the the comic got picked up by Scout Comics, and our debut issue will be coming to hopefully comic shops sometime in December. Oh, uh, so fun! Definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah you,
0: I, I I looked at the art. I looked at that that capybara. I was like, "That's so great." Whoa, of all yeah. the
3: of all, yeah. Yeah, the ironic thing is that now we're seeing a lot of other creators use capybaras in in their comics, and I'm like well, <laughs> Gilly did it first, and now they're all copying Gilly.
2: I just, I just want to say capybaras were already cool. Um, I just wanted to you know show that we can make them a bit cooler, and that's why you know we uh, me and uh, Sebastian Novice, the artist, we, we put our heads together, and we wanted to do something that was paying homage to the Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, especially uh, Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, which was big for me when I grew up, and also Star Wars. Um, so that's how that came about. And, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. Very so, so,
3: you know, anybody out there who, you know, reads any, you know, comics coming out soon, just remember Gilly did it first. Just the saying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Copy right hey, uh,
0: And Ronald, and you had Paragon, you have Paragon Prime coming that's
3: out. That's right. Yeah. That's my, uh, that's basically my love letter to, you know, Golden Age superhero stuff. Um, I just feel that superhero comics and entertainment in general is kind of like fallen by the wayside. I just don't feel like people like the big two, DC and Marvel or, or a lot of other um, a lot of other publishers are telling, you know, decent, solid, uplifting, inspiring superhero stories. So. I decided that I have to do it myself. If it's not out there, I got to do it. So,
0: essentially... Sometimes that's the way it's got to go, right? I don't see it. I got to make it myself. That's awesome. But why we have you here tonight, of course, is to talk about your Kickstarter for Darth Krell Cometh, uh, uh, a Star Wars fan fiction comic that you guys are putting together.
3: That's right. That's right. Um, Me and Gilly met... um, Early last year, I believe. Right? Wasn't it Gilly, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we just clicked right away. And one of the things we clicked um, on was our mutual love of Star Wars. Um, and I kind of got him back into... He, I mean, Gilly was already into Star Wars a lot, but I think meeting me kind of got him back into it. Yeah, I wasn't so geeked out.
2: Uh, I, I love the original trilogy, and then the prequel trilogy was like, eh. And then it kind of like the Mandalorian kind of like jump started yeah. my interest again and then I mm-hmm. I went back into seeing the Clone Wars TV shows and uh the Star Wars Rebels and then also not enjoying the new Disney trilogy too much kind of left a taste in my mouth where you know I said you know what why not make a fan comic I saw all these fan films of Star Wars being made I said well we're not seeing much as far as comic books um I mean so I said why not do that and I I pitched him an idea I had cuz it's very controversial and he didn't like it at first, but he came around to it when I kind of explained what I had in mind. Yeah. And yeah. that's turning a really loathsome character. Uh, you know, no one wants it. No, no one wants to talk about the hateful characters, the characters they hate. They, when they're dead, they want them to stay dead. But I, I, I wanted to use that character specifically because if you're gonna make a fan fiction, you you want to kind of you don't want you want to steer clear of the icons. You know, I don't want to do a Darth Vader story. I don't want to do a Luke Skywalker story. I want to do a character that. You know, we could still bring back and because in comic books the villains are never dead, right? They always find a way to come back. Um, so I kind of want to lean on that because I didn't think anyone in Star Wars would be kind of creating a story around this character who had so much potential, and that's kind of where everything uh, started. And then it became yeah. what it is now. And so it, yeah, let's
0: mm-hmm. let, let let's because I, I think that conversation around your, the character that is the centerpiece of yours is Darth Krell, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So and I don't think can you guys give a because. I had to look him up, didn't know where he came from. So tell me um,
3: what is yeah. the Why him? Why, wh- where, did, where did he come from? What, how, did, how does that work? Yeah, I'm going to let Gilly take this because he's the one that came to me with the idea of using this character. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Pong Krell, he uh, was a Jedi Master
2: who was really – there's a lot of mystery behind him. You don't know who his Jedi Master was, and he flew the ranks. like He rose so far ahead in the ranks – And he had a a record of being undefeated on the battlefield because he would, you know, he would employ these crazy tactics, and he would risk the lives of the of the of the clone troopers, uh, you know, at at will. And so that's that's where this big uh, hatred for him uh, fermented because a lot of fans love the clones, and they're seeing this general kind of just like you know, as if they're cannon fodder, just employ these crazy strategies. But what I liked about him. Is that the way he died? Um, it was almost there was a mutiny, and the clones were like, you know, we're not taking any more orders because this guy's literally putting our lives at risk. They, they, you know, so they they formed a mutiny. They they were able to take him down, and it showed the resiliency of the clone troopers. Um, and it also showed how arrogance and and if you're egotistical, that could lead to a downfall. Pride could lead to a downfall, and how he underestimated the clones. But the way he died left it to where he could easily come back. He just got shot in the back, and his race is a four-armed alien race. He's they're built tougher than humans. Um, and so what I also liked about him was that before he died, he had a vision of the demise of the of the Jedi. He foresaw all that, and he wanted to link up with a Count Dooku. So he wanted to be like his a Sith apprentice. So there was just so much there where it's like you literally this guy's getting killed off, but there's so much we can do with him and i was intrigued more because of his force ability his powers i get that he hated clones and he was really loathsome, and i get it and, and part of that is for me a challenge because i said i want to write that character i want to explore why does he hate the clone so much it can't be because they're just bred in the lab like there's got to be something more there and i wanted to create a story that could make that somewhat relatable and and if i could if we could create redemption for the most hated character in star wars uh i think that justifies me and ron as as a storytelling power that hey disney if you're not hiring lucasfilm you're not hiring hey you know what this will be our application this will be our resume um to to get us on something you know i mean yeah why not just aim high
0: where where is his story? Where do you, where do you find his story? Is it in the Clone Wars?
2: Yeah, yeah the Clone Wars, the animated show. series. Yes, yeah, season okay. four. It's called the Umbara arc. It's literally four episodes. You can literally just jump straight into that and watch okay. uh, those four episodes, and you'll be totally up to speed on
0: on on Pond Crow. I, I should have brought my son in on this because he's he's uh, going through that, and sometimes my my uh, my other son and I will sit down with uh, him, and he will just launch into these lectures about <laughs> he, he knows all of it we're like oh okay so okay so that's where that's where he's coming from yeah. all right
3: yeah. And, yeah and um i was brought in because you know gilly kind of told me about the story i'm like oh, i don't know ponkrell is kind of i don't, I don't <laughs> like him why why you want to do this thing with ponkrell and he kept on he kept on he's like no no no. i have this great idea okay like, listen 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 and you know and then he pitched me this whole thing i'm like Uh, okay that that actually does sound kind of very cool so uh okay let's let's do this um so i had i had uh, a couple of years ago i had created um a character um for a star wars role-playing game that i was going to play with some buddies it never really happened but i really went deep into the character creation and i told i told gilly like is there um is there any way we can bring in some characters that i created for this Um and and sure enough, we we made it work. So what what we did is we married his idea with with my idea in an incredibly organic, natural way, where it just everything fits, everything is perfect. It's really, really cool stuff. Me and Gilly work really well together. We have these great powwow sessions and we come up with these great ideas and it's just it's just it's just a a joy to work with him. he's a an incredible storyteller and he's really good at what he does and I'm excited to be a part of this I really am that's yeah. awesome funded yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, it it's it's really interesting that you're able to take a character that is in many ways kind of like a filler character or a mm-hmm. or a cast-off character that was mm-hmm. there to move a particular story along mm-hmm. for just a few episodes like you say four episodes and yeah. is gone and then pick that up and and say Okay. What else? You know. What else? What's the rest of his story? Mm-hmm. What you know? Not only what brought him there, but what mm-hmm. moves him forward, and, and where mm-hmm. can he go from there?
2: Um, yeah, I was really captivated by Krell. If you see the the uh, that Umbara arc, there there's a there's so many there's layers there that you could they're they're not there because we see like one side, but I'm seeing where we can play with yeah. that because again, I'm looking at Star Wars as Light side, dark side. How we start to the light, and then we fall to the dark side. And there's so much going on. And his connection with Count Dooku. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Count Dooku. For hmm. me, he's okay in the prequel. You know, the prequel trilogy. But when you see him in cl- in Clone Wars, he's so fleshed out. Where I feel like okay to see how they built him up in the Clone Wars, and then to, to see how he dies, like almost. You know, without a whimper. I'm like, no, this is the kind of guy. He'd have a contingency plan in place. He was actually courting Krell. I'm like, no, there's got to be something there. Um, and also the reasoning behind this was to create something that not too many people are going to see. Like if I'm going to create a story like this, I'm not touching Darth Vader. I'm not touching Luke Skywalker. I'm not touching Han Solo. These are the the golden boys, the golden girls, uh, Princess Leia. You know, I ain't, ain't touching that. I want to show that, listen, if you can create a character and you can create more Intrigue, or you could flesh out such a hated character and bring him redemption. For me, that's a key of Star Wars. It's redemption because when we see mm-hmm. Darth Vader, we never think he's gonna have any saving grace to him. We never think that Luke sees something in him. And for me, I'm I'm so sw- I'm swayed by that. This power for for uh, with light and dark, and and I, and I see beyond more than just a force. I see like you know, it's like humans. We're not perfect, right? And if we got power, we sway different ways. So. I feel like if you can make a story about Darth Vader having that saving grace, I'm like, okay, I want to take the challenge of making this guy who's who's loathed beyond belief. I mean, this guy has a subreddit page that says <laughs> F yeah. it says F Pong Krell. Literally, it has over 9,000 members on people that just well, throw memes up hating on him. So I said, again, if we could make him. As yeah. a redemption story, that's just my. That's well,
3: his- yeah, the ironic thing is that you know we we're, we've got, we've gotten a little bit of pushback um, from some fans on this, like like what Billy really just said. Um, well, but when you think about it, Pond Krell didn't do nearly um, as evil things as Darth Vader did. But Darth Vader got a redemption story, and everybody loves that character. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, when you compare Darth Vader to Pond Krell... Darth Vader is way worse. He did way worse things, you know. in not come in a, back from killing kids, right? I mean, it's exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he killed some kids in in episode yeah. three. So. Padawans, right? Young Padawans,
2: young Jedi. Yeah. Like, really, dude. Like, I mean, I get you. It, it's hard to come back from that.
3: Mm-hmm. But, but he did. But he did. So you're telling me that it's you can accept that, but you can't accept punkrell having a redemption? Mm-hmm. Come on. And then it was also a pushback that Punk Krell dies. But, again, yeah.
2: if you remember Darth Maul, Darth Maul got, like, literally, you know, sliced in half. <laughs> sliced in half, yeah. right. Come back. So you're telling me this big, hulking species that just gets shot in the back, that could tap into force and all that, you tell me there's no way he could survive a blaster shot to the back? Now, if it's a blaster shot to the back of the head, I got nothing there. You know, I, I mean, I can't, you can't do much. So for
3: me... Unless they have say, their prey somewhere else in their body or something. I don't oh, know.
2: yeah, like, when I'm watching the episode, I'm telling you, when I'm watching this for the first time, And I'm watching this arc. I'm literally crossing my fingers. I'm like, please die in a way that I could bring you back. I'm literally saying that because I, again, this where I was when I'm watching the show. There was a moment where there's like a a, a, like a type of sand pit monster, like kind of like a like a a a forest monster where they're trying to lure him to get eaten, and he doesn't get fully eaten. I'm like, man, if he gets eaten, I can't do nothing with that. But when you get get shot in the back and left in your cell, like there's a lot I can do with that. (laughs) It just, there's, there's
0: yeah. many more, uh, just like you said, many more characters have come back from far, far worse, far worse. especially, exactly. and that's actually, that's my, my, uh, my son, uh, wanted to watch, uh, Clone Wars pre- specifically for the, um, <clears throat>
3: Uh, Darth Maul scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, how did that? How did he come back? How does it come back? That was so. There's a, that, yeah, there's a lot of Darth Maul in in Clone Wars and also in right. Rebels. So right, mm-hmm.
0: right. So he uh, he definitely wanted. Uh, I can definitely see how you can uh, easily f- come up with a plausible scenario for how he comes back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. Especially and like in, that, said, in that yeah. universe. Yeah. So of course, like so many people come back. Fast. Yeah, they come back, and just like your son was so intrigued by Darth Maul that was one of my favorite aspects of the prequel. Just the first one is just, who is this guy? Because again, when we Mm -hmm. watch the original Star Wars trilogy, it's this Darth Vader. We're introduced to him. We're like, who is this guy? Right. And we see the buildup, right? In the prequel, it's like, who is this guy? But then it gets sawed in half and we never see him again. Right. What the heck? And then in the new Disney trilogy, we we have Kylo Ren and we're thinking, is he that guy? But then it turns up into just a mess. And it's just like, so there's something about a great villain where I think Disney, I mean, we'll start Lucasfilm or where they realize, okay, we got to bring Darth Maul back because he's just that badass and, and 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 mysterious, and people want that. Just like how your son wants to see that. That's also an intrigue for me watching Clone Wars and to see how all that developed. I thought was amazing too.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right, yeah.
2: So, so something that's that's interesting.
1: You know, we we we've been talking about how you how you guys uh, kind of took took on this character and shaped them and formed him in mm-hmm. into a into, you know something that you wanted to see mm-hmm. and one of the things you know I was thinking about is wanted to ask you guys is how do you see not just how in this particular story with Darth mm-hmm. Krell but like if fan fiction in in general what do you see like as the purpose of fan fiction do you think it has a purpose i mean obviously a lot of people do fan mm-hmm. fiction just because it's fun or mm-hmm. they have well, okay. storyline
3: Yeah. So the reason the reason we're doing fan fiction is not just because because it's fun. I felt a calling to do this, and I, I know Gilly did too. It's this is not your typical reason to write a fun fan fiction story and, and post it on the internet and have like three people read it. You know, um no, this is something a little more substantial. At least as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, this is kind of a way for me, kind of a uh, way to me to have therapy because I've been so disappointed in Star Wars since Disney mm. bought it. You know, I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. I'm just, I'm like, it's all my life. I've been a Star Wars fan. Star Wars is part of who I am. Mm. Um, so and I just, you know, and I've wanted to do something like this for a long, long time. And then I had toyed around with it a couple of times and then i met gilly and then he came up with this idea and i'm like well this is the perfect mm-hmm. opportunity for me to do something this is the perfect opportunity mm-hmm. for me to like you know take my own slice of star wars for myself for for the fans to take it back kind of kind of mm-hmm. you know kind of thing
2: yeah, to share with Ron's sentiment. Um, I mean, I, I I watched movies since I was a little kid, read stories and stuff, and I've always been disappointed at how some things could have been. And that's until I realized I need to just start making my own comics, my mm-hmm. own stories. Um, and when mm-hmm. you, when it comes to Star Wars and fan fiction, I like I said, we see the fan films. Sometimes you watch a fan film and they'll feature characters you never seen in Star Wars, but they're like a Jedi or there's something there for me. There's not a connection there. I wanted to take someone that. It tugged on an emotional connection at least Darth Pokrel is hate. but we've seen fan fiction at different levels you know, like as Ron said, it'll be written down, three people read it. I was thinking like I wanted to level up that fan fiction mm-hmm. and, and bringing it into a comic and and making it something that's like a throwback to what Dark Horse was doing when they did their Star Wars book oh, yeah. to show that mm-hmm. we have a, a high production value, high production quality and at the same time, the people who back us get to see us as creators and be like, well, okay, well this guy got galactic rodents of mayhem coming out. This guy also has Paragon prime. It's like, Hey, we love star Wars so much that we want to give back. And sometimes there is a story that you want to tell. Like, again, like I had to, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, aside from being disappointed with the Disney trilogy, there was just something with Pond Quell from a creator standpoint, like I want to know more about this guy. I don't want to leave him there. I mean, there's so much to play with and, he's just gone. So I'm like, okay, this is a great way to use fan fiction. And there's actually a writer. His name is Kavon Scott. And um, he wrote some Star Wars fan fiction and that Star Wars fan fiction led to him being a writer. Uh, so he got employed through his fan fiction. So that's another kind of ulterior motive that I have is hoping that, Somehow the the empire could notice our little rebellion, and they'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm to hire you guys, you know, to do your little stories. And again, it's a long shot, but I mean, I've yeah. already I got I got something that's published. People are going to read that on my. Hey, folder. I mean, I, I think,
3: think I think now with with what's happening at Lucasfilm, um, I think it's an even bigger possibility that we might uh, get taken a bit seriously. <laughs> It's a dream, but I said, you know what? What better dream than just putting a
2: story together? And people are worried about profit. We're not in this for profit. This is just to finance the artwork because we got a we got a professional art team that's gonna be doing the colors. It's gonna be doing the illustrations, doing the letters. So they put hours upon hours of work that they need to be compensated for. So they yeah, get a fair compensation.
0: You, you guys have a pretty good. It looks like you have a pretty good team that's yeah. going on there. Oh
2: yeah. 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 yeah people working on that book they're also working on my galactic rodents of mayhem book um and they're also star wars fans and you know we wanted to just again this is no profit like and i put it out there this is so unofficial uh but it's going to be authentic but it's going to feel like star wars but we don't have the permission but we're not in this for profit that's where we're different it's like Fan fiction isn't illegal. It's when you start making a lot of money. When the, the person who did the Star Trek fan film and they made a million dollars through crowdfunding, that's when Paramount was like, okay, well, we got to have rules. You can do fan fiction, but it's limited to 15 minutes. And these are the stipulations. So, so we're, we're doing, if we're looking for profit, or we're trying to make a profit out of it. That's how I could see the issue. Um, but again, if we would, let's say our goal is 5,000, if we would make 7,000, let's just say whatever we have left over will be offset into continuing the story. And maybe mm-hmm. two we would just have a $3,000 goal instead of 5,000. So exactly the fan base, we want to get, we would just want to launch this first story. And again, like, let's just say two years from the, down the line, we have like a little, little, uh, trade paperback that we've did. Hey, if we ever meet John Favreau or Dave Filoni in a convention, that's something we can throw him in his lap and be like, "Hey, we crowdfunded this. We're big on Star Wars. Hire us."
0: Yeah,
3: you know, yeah. Do anything, I thought you know, so. I thought
0: your uh, your uh, your Kickstarter was pretty. I, I felt like for a comic that was pretty modest, right? Five thousand dollars. Like,
3: mm-hmm. how,
0: how's it going right now? I haven't looked at the, the recent numbers. How, how is it? We're
3: we're a little we're a little behind halfway halfway point a little, right? Yeah, check. it's like about two k. We
2: need a. Uh, we're kind of—I think it was a little over two k. We got about, I want to say, two and a half weeks
3: left, so it's possible. Yeah, we're we're 20, about we're about yeah. two two thousand two hundred twenty nine out of five thousand. So, oh wow, so that's almost a halfway point. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I think uh,
0: platforms like Indiegogo and Kickstarter allow people to do the um, take think, take things to the next level. Like yeah. it just seems fan fiction often gets to be the throwaway joke. Uh, like on sitcoms or movies, like <laughs> oh, they write fan fiction, you know. Yeah. Um, but you, you—it definitely sounds like you guys are working to take it to another level.
2: Yeah, we oh, want to yeah. level up the fan fiction. We're showing that it's not a—we're we're taking it
3: not—we're not taking it lightly. Uh, no, yeah. no. It, it, which is why I said this is not just a casual fan fiction project. You know, yeah,
2: this is this is therapy for Ron and also a challenge for me, and hoping that it could reap a, a sweet benefit in us getting hired to like just continue the story in a legit manner where it's like, okay, well, you know what? It seems to be getting traction. You guys seem to have talent. We'll publish this, you know, through Marvel or whatever. Like again, it's a long shot, but I'm I'm showing that what we're putting out is not just nonsense. It's it's something that if you look at it, you gotta take it serious. Yeah, as yeah. Well, it's gonna be professional
3: quality. So well the the really cool thing about um like I'm a little bit more excited now because of what's going on in Lucasfilm about the rumors going around that they're going to, you know, retcon and erase the, the secret trilogy. I was going to ask and, you about
1: that. <laughs> about kind of yeah. Cause it sort of, it, to me, it seemed like, okay, we'll take this part that was now Canon. And, uh, <laughs> We'll make it. Well, it's now that's kind of like fan fiction. It's just like really expensive fan fiction by Ryan Johnson.
0: (laughs) I'm really excited about
3: it. I am all in. I hope it happens. If it happens, I'm going to throw a party. Seriously, I'm really excited about it. I think John Favreau is the future of Star Wars. I think he's got the right mindset. I think he's got the right attitude. He said it recently in an interview that. That you know, creators should listen to their fans more, which is something that Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy have been ignoring. They've been they've been making fun of the fans. They've been belittling them. They've been just treating them like garbage. Star and- Wars
2: is the ultimate franchise, and to just ignore that fan base as if you know they're non existent. I mean, it shows. how... I mean, if you just look. I mean, if you enjoyed the Disney trilogy, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's great. Uh, I I was hyped. I'm not gonna lie. I was hyped for Force Awakens. I wanted to get into it. <laughs> But when I saw kind of like Ray and already using the Jedi mind trick and like, uh, you know, and a half hour into the movie, I'm like, okay, what's going on? It took Luke Skywalker three movies to use this like aptly. And she's already, you know, they had Finn, who's looking like to be a force sensitive stormtrooper. Then he just becomes a bumbling goofball. It's just like there's potential there, but they just, it almost self destructed. And it's like, yeah, know, and it
3: was, it was ruined by, um, ideologies and agendas
2: and uh, it's way, if you you think about it it's like the fans do have a say and i get if you want to make something new i'm all for that because if you look at the clone wars even rebels they do new stuff that hasn't been done before but they also respect the source material that's all we're just saying in that if john favreau has to say we need to listen to the fans more ron and i are saying okay we're fans we don't want to listen we want to create because you haven't been listening Uh, so (laughs) let's see how that how far that goes
0: so how was that how was the uh as uh, working in in this scenario how has kickstarter been how how was how is that process
2: They haven't um, given us any trouble regularly? Yeah, no, I I was sure when I created the campaign even if they don't look at it but when people would I mean if if you're just going to see my link and be like how could you do that that shouldn't be allowed but you're not going to click on the link see the quality and see the disclaimers there I don't want to hear from you because we say yeah. it right there this is a passion project we're being Super transparent, like anything. Yeah, and the, trans- actually,
3: is going actually that, future artwork. Yeah. Actually, that's happened. That's happened a lot. I mean, I, I was telling, um, I was telling them earlier that we had had a couple of people that were going to have us on, and then they kind of chickened out because they're scared of Disney. And and I, like I said, like, well, if you read the campaign page, all the information is there. You just have to read it and know what we're about and we're being crystal clear on the campaign page there's nothing we're not saying on the page so disney has nothing to worry about we're like the
2: fly on a planetary wall like we're so non-existent like the only way disney would see us is if we're raking in six figures like that would be out of control like that i that i mean if it would got to that point where we'd have too much money I could understand, okay, well, listen, (laughs) we needed the artwork for the next issue. We got the artwork for the next 200 issues, so to speak. (laughs) I I can see how that could be a problem because, like I said, that Star Wars fan film crowdfunded crowdfunded a million dollars. It made that much. And when I'm launching this comic, I'm seeing that there were Star Wars fan films crowdfunded already, made 15,000, made whatever thousand, and then they're launched free on YouTube. This comic, when it's made, granted, you don't see many fan Comics being made on this of a production of this production value, so maybe that's why usually you see a fan comic. It's like rinky dinky art. Ours is like, okay, this is this is like these guys are really taking it serious, and maybe they're not accustomed to seeing us go that hardball on it. But -hmm. with that being said, if the campaign funds, we're making this comic available digitally for free for everybody. For everybody, yeah. The only thing you'd get for backing, aside from your name on a thank you credit, you'd get a physical copy which would be limited to the campaign because, again, I don't have rights to make 300 extra copies and go to a convention and start selling off my Star Wars story because I don't have the rights to make money off of it. So literally, it right. you would be getting the physical copy, that would be so exclusive, and you would know that, hey, you've made this fan fiction comic available. And understand it's not canon, right? Because we have Disney canon, we have the expanded universe, and even us creating the story, we looked at both expanded universe and Disney canon to make it fit. Yeah, um, we're
3: we're we're mixing and matching uh, elements from both. We're ignoring all the stuff from Disney we don't like, but we're we're there's a lot of stuff we do like, like Rebels and and, and Mandalorian and Clone mm-hmm. Wars and you know Jedi Fallen Order. Those are really good stuff. And then we're taking a lot from the expanded universe too. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I I like the the samples of the art. The mm-hmm. uh, they look really. It's a great style. Mm-hmm.
3: It um, yeah, you it's, can really it's very
0: action filled.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you could really see the uh, Clone Wars influence the mm-hmm. the, yes, the I animated.
2: Would, yeah, I told the artist, I'm like, listen, I, it has to have that kind of cartoonish but grit feel, and he nailed it. He nailed it. The art, yeah, it was great. There, it, it was it
3: great. There. Yeah.
2: So, I think you know, let's
1: even pull back a little bit more. I mean, we've talked about your your particular comic, and we're talking about you know Star Wars and fan fiction in general, mm-hmm. um, and you know. One of the things that I know i I know Brian and I have talked about this in, in the past i think a lot like a long time ago but uh it one of the great things about narratives and whenever you're creating a narrative is that you can you end up writing your own story in in, in the narrative one way or one way or another or working right. on you know working on your own uh demons and passions and so on in mm-hmm. in the particular story through other characters and so on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the ways I think, and, and we, and we talked about how, how sermons, I think mm-hmm. when they're really, really good mm-hmm. are in, in many ways, capture that same kind of passion to write yourself in, into the the narrative and help people write themselves into the narrative that you're, that you're telling, mm-hmm. which is the narrative of the story of God and the kingdom of God and yeah. where all that is as apart from it being something out there that can't be touched and is, and is, you know, written mm-hmm. is literally canon. That's right. You know, even more Seriously. so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then being able to where, so where is my story in that and how to, where are there particular characters that I see myself mm-hmm. in saul and david and paul and other you know characters wow. i mean know,
3: it's, sure. it's 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 You should mention that because um i don't know if you guys have um there's a couple of really great christian comic book companies out there um I'm trying to remember the name of one uh i've seen a couple on Brookstone, twitter that i thought or is it anchor no, uh, this is this is a great company that does a lot of biblical comic books that are like I bought a bunch of them for my nephew for his birthday recently, and they're really top top quality biblical comic books. I bought him and Noah, I think Jonah, and and King David, and this they have they have the whole whole series of of the life of Jesus Christ from his birth to his death. Really, really good stuff, and really top notch, really well told, really well drawn. Um, and there's also this other comic book called Dominion, which is kind of a sci fi retelling of the story of, of uh, mm-hmm. of yeah, Saul.
0: yeah. We had uh, we had uh, uh, Dr. Bell on uh, one of our previous episodes, um, oh, yeah, couple, a I, couple months ago,
3: yeah. I went ahead and got that comic, so that's coming to me. I'm pretty excited about that. I read the the 10. Uh, the 10 page uh, preview and I was like in love with it. And this looks amazing. Yeah. It's a
0: great, yeah, it's a great looking book. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think, I I think, um, comics sort of about the Bible are good, but Sam, I think you're onto something in a sense that the whole, um, the whole of Christian life is something that has some connection to fan fiction. Like how do we write ourselves into, Uh, into God? how, How do we write ourselves into God's story? Like, Like there's a, there is a story, uh, there's an overarching story that God is telling about the world and what things are like. And this is one, like we, we need to see ourselves in that story. And, um, there can be places where maybe we're more like Darth Krell for a bit. Right. But then there's something that turns, there's some sense of redemption that, that pulls us out of that and into, and into this long, uh, story of God that, Right. Uh, bends the, the moral arc of the universe towards justice, right? So I think that's really important that's, um, for us to see that. And so I, I, that's one of the reasons I, it intrigued me to think about fan fiction that in, this, uh, in this way because um, we're all sort of writing a story um, and it's all wrapped up in something that isn't our story necessarily to begin with except here we are now in the midst of it and it's all going to intertwine. Um, and I, and I thank my uh, my preaching professor when I was in seminary because okay. he talked about sermons as the intertwining of three stories uh, the, the the story God' story the preachers story and the and the people story right and okay. and how that all works together um, because narratives are really important they all they all tell they all have some they lay some claim towards truth um, or 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 opposite of that right how, how there's redemption or there's not so
3: yeah.
0: i i love I, I i really do get this sense that fan fiction is something for us to really think about seriously um not just make it make it a joke i think what you guys are doing is is a, is a really cool project and mm-hmm. uh, oh, i think uh, thank you uh, yeah,
1: yeah I, and and i think something about about star you know going back you know star wars is great for having narratives i think that are that are 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 compelling Mm -hmm. you know with the story of with uh of of darth vader coming from you know the chosen one to being uh the the most feared person in in the galaxy to Mm -hmm. having you know the high rise deep fall high rise again
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh and not only because that but i think you know the story of why you know the the desire to is is fear you know Mm -hmm. the the fear of losing padme the fear Mm -hmm. of uh the fear of maybe losing his own life and Mm -hmm. all of the in the issues about control and things that he has to deal with are things that we have to deal with you know none of us ever think that we'll ever become darth vader and kill you know padawans in our life with laser swords right. but, but you know we could, we, can...
2: to, we, we could connect to the the love and we could connect to the fear of losing someone yeah exactly right? we can and i think
1: we can yeah. yeah go ahead
2: i think with star wars i think i mean if people want to see it or not but i mean there's a lot of spiritual parallels if you think about star wars think about faith think about the force and i think with darth krell cometh and even me as a writer but just real quick on darth krell cometh i wanted to touch on loss and that's going to yeah, be the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we ever get to fund this book and create it into why Darth Krill is who he is. Um, definitely something I want to explore. But also, when we think about the mainstream comics, and me as a comic writer, it's no secret that I'm Christian. I put that out there on my Twitter handle. Yeah, so same, same with me. It's, it's um, out there in the
3: open for everybody to yeah. know, yeah.
2: Uh, I also have a book that I've written. It's called Lair, and I, and that's what's called, I call it a spiritual horror and horror is something you don't really associate with spirituality, but you know, a lot of times I see these horror movies and it's almost like there's no hope, or it's almost there's am like, you know, what I wanted to write something that shows you know what, there is hope, um, but you got to have faith or you got to be you know, you got to be fearless in some ways, uh, but also tying a lot of works, even Galactic Runners of Mayhem, if you guys really want to dig deep into that, I, I deal with the topic. Um, and it might be a spoiler or not, but forgiveness is something I deal with. There's something where we have to learn how to forgive and, and move on. Um, and, and I'll just leave it at that. But the main core of my group, there's a lot of inner turmoil between them. Um, and again, that's something where how we, we have families, right? And you might have your sister or brother that, you know, you love them, but then you can't stand them. Or there's cousins. Or there's there's always rifts within family, right? We're supposed to be blood. We're supposed to be connected. But then even then, there's a lot of stories in families where they're just people haven't spoken to each other in years. So I no one to- no one
0: fights like family, man.
2: Well, they they're the worst, and they play dirty sometimes. So I think right. a lot of the stuff I'm writing, um, a lot of the books I'm writing, I'm I'm tying in subtle spiritual aspects. Where if you really want to dig deep, you'll uncover this. And it's almost like because you could write a story about, you know, Jesus Christ and all that. People don't want to hear it. But if you create a framework that's kind of paralleling that ideology or that idea of forgiveness or sacrifice, and you tell it in an earthly kind of way, you could attract. My whole mission also is to attract people that wouldn't think out of the box, but then be like, wow, you got me thinking that way.
0: Yeah. Great stuff. No, I think it's, I think, um, I think when we talk about that's a lot of what, uh Sam and I do on our podcast talking about what are the themes that we find in here that that connect with uh issues around faith, and so uh you want to talk about redemption. I think that's a great place to um center a story on. I think uh, mm-hmm. a lot of stories deal with that, so that makes um Dar- Darth Carell cometh a very intriguing uh story for us. I think that's uh, really important yeah, I'm, so... I'm
3: excited I'm excited for people to read. The story to read the redemption and to like understand, and I'm like, oh, well, they really made it work. Okay, okay, I I get it. I understand why he felt the way that he felt, it. And, and I kind of I kind of want him to be redeemed, you know? I want that kind of aha moment from people when they read it. Mm-hmm. It's like Star Wars, when Darth Vader was redeemed, right? So I, yeah. I
2: we're trying to create that a, 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 with this fan comic. We're hoping we could, uh, we could we could get there. Yeah,
0: cool, cool, cool. Um, actually, I think this is uh, that's a that's a really good place to oh, yeah. draw ourselves to a, to a close. Um, I think so. For that, for this conversation, that's been really great. Um, you can, uh, it, if you search Darth Krell Cometh on uh, Kickstarter, you can you can folks can find that link uh, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and
3: uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. We could we could really use the help. So please, <laughs> you yeah, uh,
0: know, if you guys if you guys check it
3: out. And if you guys dig what you see, you know, please, you know, either back it or contribute some money to it, or or share it, you know. Yeah, even just share you know it. Anybody, yeah, if you know anybody who's a big Star Wars fan who would really be into it, you know, you know, share it with them. You know, let them know about it. Like,
0: yeah, good. Well, we'll put the we'll put the link to the um to your uh, Kickstarter on our uh, show notes. So oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. Folks can folks can take a look at that. Um, but that brings us now to uh, what we do at the end of every episode. Uh, what are you geeking out about? So, uh, Ronald, why don't you start with it? Give us, give us something you're geeking out about uh, right now.
3: Right now, I'm really into – I've been getting a lot of the crowdfunded comics that I've backed. Like For the last like three weeks, I get like two or three a week. And now wow, i okay a lot of them. I just got through finished reading uh, Mark Miller's um, uh, Lone Star, which was actually really, really good. The good thing about that is that that has a lot of spirituality and Christianity in it. I mean, Mike Miller is a writer who puts his Christian beliefs and his Christian faith into his comic books, and he's not shy about it. But not only mm-hmm. that, it's a great it's a great story. Got a great character. It's really well paced. The artwork is amazing. So I re- I really enjoyed that.
0: Awesome. Oh, cool.
3: well,
0: what's a, What's the What's the general gist of that story?
3: Uh, basically, it's uh, a World War II superhero along the lines of of Captain America, and he essentially fights vampires. <laughs> oh,
0: sweet! <Yeah. laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, very good. Gilly, how about you? What are you geeking out about?
2: Um, uh, I recently uh won on e uh, eBay bid on um Tales of the Crypt, uh the entire comic book run collected in a series of five hardcover books, uh. So it nice. came out in 1979. Yeah, I'm doing my research. I grew up on uh, <laughs> Tales from the Crypt, the HBO shows where yeah. I should have been watching them, but I somehow sneaked out and, you know, <laughs> family them, and some stuff stuck with me so bad. And I think it contributed to, you know, some of my writing. But I'm going to have the, the 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 hardcover collection coming in. I'm going to be reading that because I also have uh, what's called Call of the Void, where I'm doing like my own uh, anthology series and so you know it's inspired on tales from the crypt uh, uh, eerie creepy those magazines from the 70s and uh, so this is yeah. what I generally that
3: but uh, the, the movie the movie creep show and creep show 2 and or- yeah this
2: is this is ammunition for me and um, you know just trying to see how we can deal with uh, real things that humans deal with and try to see where they might cuz i'll be you know uh, sprinkling that with some spiritual undertones so I think it it will be really great and I'm I am can not wait to to start reading that uh awesome awesome classic horror comics.
0: it, it is great. My uh, my great grandmother used to every once in a while she'd go out she'd be out shopping and she'd pick up a comic book for me. So like and it was never anything that was like mainstream. There was no Superman or Batman. Oh, it was nice. so I had like the Captain uh, or I had a Falcon Right? Uh, the, uh, there was a Blue Beetle comic. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And one of them was a Tales from the Crypt, kind of, or Weird Tales of Suspense, or something like that. One of yeah, those yeah, really yeah. bizarre, bizarre. Um,
2: yeah, they're short. They're always with a twist to leave you like, like, wow.
0: Oh, yeah, that. and it was it was gory and gruesome, and I don't think any of the adults knew what in the world she oh, had me.
2: <laughs> you know what? It's funny you say that because back then, when they came out, they were able to do that. But then they had to what the came out the Comics Code of Authority, right? Like, right. No, this got to be kid stuff. So that's when they shifted instead of a traditional comic size the uh, Warren Publishing did eerie and creepy in the seventies and they made it magazine size. So they're like, well, if we uh, make it magazine size, we could get away with throwing horror. Uh, if we make a copy, size, forget it. Cause cause it tells of the cripple, how gruesome it was. The parents are finding out like, yeah, we need to, do, we need to have some kind of uh, code in place.
0: Nice. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam, Sam, what are you doing? What are you geeking out about?
2: Oh, number
1: of things. But the one I was going to uh, highlight is the, small little thing i picked up at the uh comic book store as i was getting my uh my weekly pull list um uh, went through the dollar bin and picked up uh marvel tales starring spider-man number 98 Ooh. which is the one where um where gwen stacy dies it's oh wow right that's on. a few,
3: that's a big oh, deal I'm, 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 I'm it was a me. big
1: deal yeah i i that's saw the cover and i'm like Oh, and I mean it's in rough shape, but I mean it's it's in a dollar bin, and I'm like, ah, oh, I can. Wow. And the, the thing I, one of the things I love about old comics that you know I still have of my own and so on, are the ads in them, uh, <laughs> and I yes. love the ads.
3: What, in them. Did, was were there any um, fruit pie ads in that one? There were no fruit pie ads. Okay. Um, I think this was like pre. <laughs> there,
1: there were X-ray glass. There was the the typical, you know. Well, there was one in there that cracked me up. Where it was to sell grit magazines. It's like Billy can't go with his friends because they do all kinds of things, and Billy doesn't have any money. So if you sell grit magazines, you can you can have money and do things with your friends. But the, but the thing really? that really, the thing that I really did geek out about was on the back cover is. The is an ad for a a Lego Technic uh, model set, which was a car that it was had a working four cylinder engine, the steering wheel worked, and all that. That I had whenever I was, I looked. This came out in like in '78, so I had this probably when I was six years old and made this model. And my son, who's now seventeen, had found the instructions for how to make this car mm-hmm. online and made it out of, cause I still had my old, wow. my old Lego sets. So he had gone wow. and pulled cool. the, you know, got all the pieces together, put it back together. And so now it's like come full circle with here's the ad showing the car that I can now put next to the car. So I was like, that's cool. <laughs> that's that that's awesome.
0: Good. Very cool. And you, Brian. So, I just um, I just finished a collection of reading a collection of stories. Uh, Ursula K. Le Guin's, uh has a collection called "A Fisherman of the Inland Sea," and I talked I talked a couple episodes ago about having read "The Left Hand of Darkness," which is one of her classics. And but this is a a bunch of stories, and some of them are in in the same universe and uh, use some of the use some of those the same concepts that she has in there but they i love her writing so much because the the ideas that she has it's not just here's the idea and a and a story that sort of is shaped around the the way she writes the the words that she uses are absolutely beautiful and ask make us ask questions about the nature of of humanity and and what things are are supposed to be so i uh i l- i love that book that was a that was a fantastic thing um so that was i i wanted to share that with folks if, if they have a chance to read that um please do i also want to say um there was on the as i was um uh, uh recently uh Homebrew Christianity had a episode with uh, our friend uh of the podcast Will Rose. He got it, he and uh Trip Fuller over there had an interview with uh Jason Aarons, Uh the comic writer uh of uh, Thor and uh just so uh, just so many great things. And Jason Aarons uh while uh comes out of it from a very uh I mean he calls himself an atheist but uh, uh it doesn't seem to fit. He's asking all of these really great questions about what God is worthy, right? Because the whole sort of Thor is worthy, or who is worthy, and Thor, the God Butcher, and uh, all that sort of stuff. That 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 I want to I want to lift up uh, if, have, if folks have a chance to listen to that podcast because Trip and Rose, uh, Trip and Will, have this great conversation with him that is just fantastic, and uh, they could have gone for uh, another two hours, but uh, oh. it was it was it was really interesting and they, and they did it because they, uh, uh, trip and, and will had a, uh, saw that, uh, Jason had put out a thing saying, Hey, I'll be on anyone's podcast or whatever. If you make a donation, the high, you sort of the highest bid to the donation, mm-hmm. uh, to this, uh, for, uh, uh, comic creators and, uh, in the, while well, they were all out of work and stuff and, and helping folks out. So, wow. um, it was, it was, it was such a really captivating, uh, episode so i wanted to listen to that lift that up
2: so that's good stuff yeah yeah it was really
0: so much rich sort of theological fodder in that conversation so all right folks that brings us to an end of another episode i want to thank uh ronald and gilly thank you so much for being with us uh love the the stuff that you're doing yeah
3: Yeah, thank you thank you for having us we we really really appreciate it you have no idea so.
0: Great. So all that information on their Kickstarter will be in our show notes. So check that out. Um, we are coming up on, uh, you know, that uh, we are connected to uh, Theocon. And uh, Theocon Thursdays are now going to be a thing on YouTube where we do some uh, uh, episodes that get put up on the uh, on that platform. Uh, since Theocon has been postponed from 2020 and now into 2021, Um, we will be uh, doing these monthly videos that we get, that we put up there. Uh, Sam and I will do a, uh, something soon, but, uh, one is already up. July's will be coming up here soon. Uh, check it out. Um, it is worth your, uh, worth your time. We had a first conversation around zombies, apocalypse and, uh, and it was fantastic. (laughs) I loved it. it. And, uh, so that was all good. We had uh, some, con- I don't even know what the, the next theme is going to be, but it, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, so theocon.live uh, is our is that website and uh, you can find uh, information about stuff that's coming out there and uh, links to the, uh, to the YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. check that out, do that. Um, as always, you can connect with us on uh, Twitter at Geek Church or on Facebook at uh, Church of the Geek. And uh, we are uh, always looking forward to chatting with you, seeing what's going on. Um, Sam, you got anything else?
1: Nope that's that's enough.
0: All right. <laughs> um, we, we've yeah, we definitely want to uh, hear from so, folks. So but uh, a lot what's going that?
1: on, a, a lot of really good stuff going on. So
0: much, so much good stuff going on right now. All right. Um, so as always, folks, uh, trust in God. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and as always, Geek be with you.
1: And also with you.